Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best fully functional GPS when you're out of service. Offline maps allow you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. If you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Podcast. Welcome fire. to Meat Takes Eater me down, Trivia, man. the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by Giannis Putellis, Ryan Callahan, Mackenzie Elmquist, Randall Williams, Maddie Lehman, Seth Morris, and Hunter Spencer. This is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eater's four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking, and there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. For the stat of the week this week, we're looking at our best performers in the hunting category for those who have been to a minimum of five shows. The leader in the pack, do you want to make a prediction at who has our best, who's our best player in the hunting category? Randall. Brody. I was also going to say Brody. The leader of the pack is Brody, who gets 73% of hunting what questions a fun right. Stats, that's fun <laughs> <laughs> That's followed by Randall at 67%. Hunter at 64%, Giannis at 60%, Steve at 55%, Cal at 52%, and Mark Kenyon at 50%. They are our only players who get more than half of their hunting questions correct. Brody, though, 73%. Three out of four hunting questions. I think we could do a, a thing where we just don't mention Brody unless he's here. Oh, How about that? Interesting. <laughs> uh, you've broken the rule multiple times. Here's our zero percenter question of the week, which tests how much knowledge players have retained from previous games. Previous games. This question was from episode 357. The topic was biology, and nobody got it right. It was also the second ever time that we had a zero percenter on a multiple choice question. Here it is. According to a 1981 study in the Journal of Mammalogy. What North American mammal has the most color variations? Was it black bear, fox squirrel, eastern cottontail rabbit, or red fox? I know that Hunter knows this, so we're going to let someone else answer. What do you think the answer is? Which one of those has the most color variations? Fox squirrel. Red fox. Fox squirrel was right. Nobody got it right. 
the day that we played, though. They said fox squirrels are commonly found in gray, silver, brown, cream, red, beige, and black, and that Florida alone has six distinct colors of fox squirrel. What was the total number? Wasn't it like 24 or 5? I don't remember. I think they had a specific number, but they talked about how you can have like the dorsal hairs can be a different color. They can have a different color tail. Um, Sometimes their heads are even a little bit different. Um, but the most diverse in North America for mammals. The only reason I got that right is because I knew that no one got it right mm-hmm. previously. So I just went well, with the... Eastern Cottontail Rabbit, that could be a bad answer too. Yeah. Could have said that one. We have some housekeeping to get to in a previous game of trivia. We had a question about states with the most tornadoes. This prompted someone in the room to ask what the boundaries of Tornado Alley are, which it turns out there are none. Tornado Alley is a loosely defined area that stretches as far south as Texas, to as far north as North Dakota, to as far west as Wyoming, and to as far east as Ohio. Most agree that the primary alley is the Great Plains, but new research suggests this is shifting east. Since 1979, there have been fewer twisters in the heart of Tornado Alley and more tornadoes in places such as Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. This has inspired meteorologists to create the nickname Dixie Alley, which refers to the Mississippi Valley and Tennessee Valley, where tornadoes are prevalent. Cal, have you, how many tornadoes have you experienced in Montana? I've seen funnel clouds. Okay, but, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the that's closest it. threat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What yeah. about in Idaho? You lived in Idaho for a little bit. No, Zero. no, not, not in my neck of the woods. Kind of miss having that little threat of severe weather living out here. It, it's amazing when you see one, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh, that there's no mistaking yeah, what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. That's neat. But yeah, I don't need to feel the the power. We didn't see the funnel cloud, but we were canoeing the breaks one time and had a crazy storm and we had to pull off the river like four or five times and lightning and thunder and all that. And when we got out, we went to the bar and they're like, oh, you guys were out in a tornado. And it would have been a lot more fun had we been able to say we saw it, but apparently we were in the tornado. You, you were the tornado. Yeah. Uh, okay. Water spouts, seen like water spouts, you know, mm-hmm. Fort Peck and Canyon oh, yeah. Ferry and stuff. I've seen big those. exposed mm-hmm. bodies. Those are impressive too. Eastern Washington, they they must be like the dust devil capital of the world. Those things are crazy. They're everywhere. I and had they're to like, cool. They're fun to see. When we were driving through, I had to point out to my wife all the time, like dust devil, dust devil. And then within like five minutes, it became not, not, not cool. unique anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the Shelby Index for today's round is a five. So I'm putting us on perfect game alert. With that, we're on to the game of trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Nope. That's the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what I stand to win. Point. Everything. How's that? Just tend to win everything. It'd be fun to put that little bit of conversation in a bunch of different contexts and be like, which one is the most appropriate? (laughs) (laughs) Which conversation? The, what do I stand to win? (laughs) Question one, the topic is haunting, and as always, this is multiple choice. Mm. Which of these animals has the highest minimum score in the Pope and Young record books? Is it a a typical Colombian black-tailed deer, Canada moose, Alaska brown bear or Rocky Mountain goat? Which of these animals has the highest minimum score in the Pope and Young record books? 
your four choices. So let's just say if the four choices, if the minimum for those four was one inch, two inch, three inch, and four inch, you would want us to write down the, the one the, that has four inches. The one that has four inches. The highest minimum score, your four choices, are a typical Colombian black-tailed deer, Canada moose, Alaska brown bear, Rocky Mountain goat. And we're just doing the boring version of this where you just, just write down an version. answer. We need to time travel again here, Cal. This episode is coming out oh, yeah. before oh, we have no. an episode <laughs> where we put a new twist on it. Uh, we do not score the game <laughs> yeah. by one point at a time. We do something a little bit differently, and that will yep. come out You've, in a few So weeks. let's not reference the winners or losers of <laughs> that game You've created a rift in the space-time continuum. <laughs> That's <here>. right. <laughs> <laughs> Which of these animals Someone's has the wreck highest their car listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> the highest minimum score in the Pope and Young record books. Typical Colombian blacktail deer, Canada moose, Alaska brown bear, Rocky Mountain goat. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers with Seth saying moose, Cal saying typical Columbia blacktail, Hunter saying or blacktail. <laughs> Maddie saying Alaska brown bear. Mackenzie saying Alaska brown bear. Yanni saying moose. Randall saying moose. The correct answer is moose. But this is so typical. You folks got it right. Ah. An Alaska brown bear minimum score is 20. A Rocky Mountain goat is 40. A typical Colombian black-tailed deer is 95. And a Canada moose is 135. The Pope and Young world record Canada moose was 222 inches, and it was killed in 1988 in Quebec. The world record velvet Canada moose was 168 inches and was killed in 2003 in Alberta. So are you just saying, like, was this question the biggest number? Yes. And so it didn't matter per species. I was thinking you were asking if you wanted to go get an easy P&Y record, this one, if you just draw the tag and shoot it with an arrow, you will be in the Pope and Young record books. And we said the highest minimum score, the way they list their scores, is the minimum score to get in for a typical whitetail is 125. So we're looking at the highest minimum. Which I think you're thinking I, I of think most entries. Easiest entries, right? Yeah. So like like you kill a antelope with your bow. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's pretty damn easy to but, get a Pope and young antelope. In that case, Cal, I think you still would have been wrong because the Alaska brown bear is a 20 and the Columbia blacktail is a 95. I think the room understood. Uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> question two. I am not a part of the room, or I was part I've of the room. Another, I've got another version oh. of that question where a goat was the right answer. Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> question Let's two. Let's move on. The topic is biology. This next great question comes to us via Ryan Bates. This cavity nester is the only duck in North America that produces two broods in one year. Yanni with a very cartoonish we were response. Really quick. Dang. He said, "Ay ay ay." When he heard the question, <laughs> topic is biology. This cavity nester is the only duck in North America that produces two broods in one year. Maddie, you seem confident. Do you have this one right? No. no. Okay. No, just a duck name that I know. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am confident about naming a duck. <laughs> this cavity nester is the only duck in North America that produces two broods 
in one year? Does everybody have an answer? Randall? I do. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying wood duck. Cal saying wood duck. Hunter saying spoonbill. <laughs> Maddie saying mallard. Mackenzie saying ruddy duck. Giannis saying wood duck. Randall saying tundra swan. <laughs> <laughs> Is that thing next to the cavity? I know Spencer likes questions about tundra swans. <laughs> he, he, wanted, he wanted to poke at me uh, so terribly that he went with something that wasn't even a duck. Despite I was going to guess Daffy, but I thought Tundra would be funnier. The correct answer is Wood Duck. A few folks got it. A Wood Duck will produce 6 to 15 eggs each time. In the north, they only have one brood per year, but in the south, they'll sometimes produce two broods each year. One study found that they're more likely to have a second brood in years where the nesting season is longest and that the first nesting always has more eggs. That's where they get that saying about uh, southern ducks. You know, they're a little more promiscuous. Okay. <laughs> did you know that one, Cal? That they'll kick out two broods a year sometimes. I did. You did? I okay. did. I think some of our other kick, players... Will they, will they kick out a second one if the first one is successful? I think so. So they but can I, I possibly have two successful broods. I think they're learning a lot about it. It's only like 20% of them, even in the south, um, that will do the second brood. Question three. The topic is public lands. What California National Park shares its name with a Toyota sport utility vehicle? Randall seems to have it. Cal, Yanni, and Hunter are joining them with answers. Here's the question again. There's what California so National like Park shares its name with a Toyota sport utility vehicle? Kenzie is trying to think of all the national parks she knows in California. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How many can you think of? Well, I'm just thinking about Toyotas. Oh, okay. Going that route instead. Maybe that's a, a better way to come up with the right answer. I know it's not a four. You can take two Very ways pragmatic. Two ways to get there. Think of the four national ride. parks in California or the SUVs that you know. What California national park shares its name with a Toyota sport utility vehicle? Yanni, do you have this one right? Yes. Why well, can't I? Think I'm blanking that. right now, like so hard. Same. Same. Cal, do you have this one right? I have a Toyota written down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cal, have you ever owned an SUV in your life? Oh, I know. No. That was stupid. No SUV. I did. I had a uh, Toyota truck. Mm. <laughs> I just want to blurt out Toyota model names right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was hiking through... Uh, what were you doing? Uh, hiking through uh, oh. Corolla National. <laughs> it sounded like you almost were hiking. I didn't uh, know if that if you're hiking or kayaking. Oh, I was just I've been mentally abused talking about things so many times in this game. <laughs> TRD Off Road Package National Park. Yeah. That's right. That's Seth, it. you think you have a better chance at thinking of the SUVs or the California National Parks? You have no answer right now. Definitely. Well, mm, I don't know. Is everybody Probably else yes. ready? I don't know. Seth used to be a Toyota man. Yeah, but I want na- named after <laughs> National Park. <laughs> Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. Oh. We have Seth without an answer. Cal and Hunter saying Sequoia. Maddie without an answer. Mackenzie and Giannis and Randall all saying Sequoia. They got it. That makes me feel better. I thought it was going to be something very obvious. The correct answer is Sequoia. Doesn't it just sound like a um, car, though? How many words yeah. are out there that have uh, all vowels included? 
I don't know, Yanni. That's a there's probably a, a good word point. for words like that. Mm-hmm. Toyota chose the name Sequoia because those are the biggest trees in the world, and this is the biggest SUV in their lineup. Sequoia National Park has been around since 1890. It was our second national park and was created to protect the tree that it's named after. Question four: The topic is gear. This next great question comes to us via Daniel Kraus. What's the term that describes the distance between your eye and the lens on a pair of binoculars? Oh. Topic is gear. What's the term that describes the distance between your eye and the lens on a pair of binoculars? Hunter, do you have this one right? I hope so. Cal and Randall seem confident as well. Seth, do you have this one right? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll see. yeah, I have no idea. Yanni? I believe so. Used to host a whole dang podcast about <laughs> gear. Do you think you ever said this term in your days of hosting? No. Okay. Did not cover this topic. It's a term. What's the term that describes the distance between your eye and the lens on a pair of binoculars. And the term is, is not... It, is it just binoculars? Or could this work for a scope, too? I'm not going to give you any hints. No hints. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, what inspired that little tune? Well, you know, I'm just trying to be more open and honest about myself. And the truth is, I like to sing. Okay. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Good. I think uh, I think our audience learned that when you started singing a sea shanty from Jaws. Oh yeah, Phil, I, I'm going to your musical tomorrow night. Is it a musical? It's or, not a musical. Okay, and I so keep I misidentifying it as a musical. I'll you are there. tomorrow. Going to be there tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Thanks, I'll be Spencer. there. Mm-hmm. No, it's Hunter. a screw- Hunter going oh, to. It's a screwball comedy from the 1930s. <laughs> right. Can't take it with We've it. only talked about it 17 <laughs> times. It's aged really well. Uh-huh. Now Is we, it we sold out, Phil. Uh, it, it's. I know tomorrow's pretty packed. I, I think there's still a, at least a handful of seats at every show, but it's 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 tight because I know. Um, I think Corinne. Because your uh, whole family Reva came into got town. bad seats. What's that? Because your whole family came into town. Yeah, well, you know, Phil, you said there's weekend. no bad <laughs> no bad seats in that theater though. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, bad. Mm. It's it's all relative. Sure. Spencer. Yeah. Here we go. Time traveling again. Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying eye relief. Cal saying parallax. Hunter saying eye relief, Maddie without an answer, Mackenzie saying relief, Giannis saying eye relief, Randall saying parallax, the correct answer is eye relief, Mm. we'll give it to Mackenzie for just saying relief. I don't think it's parallax. I could Google that to see if that's the same thing, but I I mean, eye relief sounds better, but I don't think it is. Parallax parallax is uh, focusing, right? Yeah. Well, but that's what it's adjusting for, right? Between Mm -mm. the distance between your eye and the lens? I don't think so. Eye relief is important for seeing clearly through binos. Too close, and you'll have kidney-shaped shadows around the image. Too far, and you won't see the full image. This is measured in millimeters and is usually between between 10 and 20 on hunting binoculars. Yeah, for binoculars, though, it's like... Yeah, it would have been better if he said it was a scope. Yeah, scope, yeah. That's that's parallax is that. focusing your crosshairs to the distance of the target. Right, so you can see both clearly. Question five, the topic is it's fishing. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> your pickup is facing west. You're backing up a boat with your left hand at the six o'clock position on the steering wheel. You want <laughs> oh, the boat Jesus. to go north. 
To which direction should you move your hand? North. Cardinal or direction? All right, you or... really got to follow along okay. here. There are multiple correct answers to this. Okay. Here it is again. Your pickup is facing west. You're backing up a boat with your left hand at the 6 o'clock position on the steering wheel. You want the boat to go north. To which direction should you move your hand? Are, are we assuming that when your pickup is facing west... It's straight. ...that the... Trailer and boat are straight. It's all straight. straight. It's all lined up. It's okay. uh, it's as straight as it could possibly be, Yanni. Okay. You want a fun fact? But maybe. Is it going to give out a hint? No, it's okay. not. But, but yes. Uh, this came up recently. I got uh, a little <laughs> undercover <laughs> opportunity to go drive the uh, back end of a ladder truck on like a full-blown uh, fire truck, you know, ladder truck. Okay. Well, undercover fireman. Explain that to me. He was pretending to be a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put a fireman hat on okay. and went out with a bunch of firemen and got to drive the mm -hmm. rear end of the truck. Mm. And holy cow, was it a lot of fun. Okay, good. Here's here's the question again. Really, went through an obstacle course. Really pay attention here. Great. I just had to draw it out. <laughs> your pickup is facing west. You're backing up a boat with your left hand at the six o'clock position on the steering wheel. You want the boat to go north. To which direction should you move your hand? Yeah. Things throw me off is I won't have my hand at six o'clock. No. That is no, the hard no, part. Oh, really? Where would you put your hand? Twelve. Okay. Yeah. Me too, Spencer. <laughs> you you would also go twelve or you'd go six? This oh. is the easy way to teach people though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is everybody is. ready? That's how I learned. No, no, no. Okay. Sorry, we're too much jibber jabber. I can't write at the same time. I'm going to read the prompt one more time. This is your last chance to hear it. If you're playing along at home and not watching on YouTube, Phil has the This prompt is an American pickup on truck. YouTube. <laughs> your pickup is it's facing west. <laughs> you're backing up a boat with your left hand at the six o'clock position on the steering wheel. You want the boat to go north. To which direction should you move your hand? Is everybody ready? Randall? Yeah. Maddie, McKenzie? how you feeling? Not good. Why? My brain is just... Yeah. You know. Yeah, this room does that to people. Mackenzie, a lot of you racing. Are you ready? No, I'm, I'm not a racing... I can prove... <laughs> I can prove it. I just... I messed okay. some up when I turned it over, and so you're... I want it to be legible. To be clear, you're sitting in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, are actually, you you're sitting in the back passenger Are you driving seat? it the weird way or the normal way? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are, you wearing, this, uh, are you wearing just shoes? One one clarification I have is it do you want the boat to go north or face north? You want the boat to oh, go north. Let's not do this. Okay. Is everybody okay. ready? And Motor you, first you, or bow? First? Do you want like a clockwise? Or do you There's want a multiple ways to, to come up with the correct answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying right or counterclockwise. Cal saying left or north. Hunter saying <laughs> right. Or counterclockwise. No, I think <laughs> Maddie, Maddie saying south. Mackenzie saying counterclockwise. Giannis saying counterclockwise. Randall oh, saying shit. right or counterclockwise. I got my east and west. The correct. You got the north. There are three potential correct answers. Hunter, you, you move put? your hand you the right? direction you want right. the boat to the, go. The three when you're correct answers the six yeah. are right. Yeah north or counterclockwise now cal put conflicting answers we're not going to give it to him That's he put fine. that you move your hand left and north uh which does you want not the boat. how do you move it 
I just, I have a hard north? time having the left well, hand at the six o'clock yeah. and then moving I clockwise. That's why I was wondering if we were driving a Japanese vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, well, maybe you got one or of those Australian. That's what took me so hard. Uh, so like, well, if you're like facing west, west, west. Now, Cal gave out a hint saying that this I is the beginner way yeah. to back okay. up. Yeah. Placing your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel while backing up a trailer is one of the easiest ways to master this chore. Simply put, if you want the trailer to go left, then move your hand left or clockwise. If you want the trailer to go right, then move your hand right or counterclockwise. Had some extra information there. It doesn't matter if, you're, matter if you're holding the steering wheel with your left or right hand. I don't know if that threw anybody off. Nope. That was question five. <laughs> Phil. If you're standing on the driver's seat with your arm between your legs, <laughs> like a center. Uh, if you're wearing glasses on the autumn equinox. <sighs> oh, okay, Did you guys got... see the, what was it called? Yeah, the eclipse. The eclipse oh, the other yeah. day? We were out pheasant I, hunting and I saw it and it was pretty cool. Oh, I have a little tidbit about that. It didn't really come through. It's too cloudy. You have to do like the the thing where you go like this and look through your fingers at it. Huh. I uh, shot an antelope during the eclipse. That's Ooh. Sick. Ooh. Nice. Like nice. right when it was happening. Yeah. Damn. Did you wait till the eclipse the hit to stalk in? I on saw him? that picture. I thought it it looked like kind of dark mm. looking. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Phil, we're halfway through the game of trivia. That never happened again. I thought give that us, was just a cool filter. Give us a scoreboard update. We've got Maddie with zero points. Cal has two. <laughs> Randall, Mackenzie, and Hunter all have three. Seth has four. And Giannis has a perfect game with five points. Whoa. Whoa. No way. Who tells? Yanni. <laughs> no way. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, meaning you put them on, they feel great. Little or no break in, period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, they're direct to consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Just ask my buddy Chili, who's been slipping around in his Tacova boots, talking about how great he feels in them. He loves them. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable. They're very fashionable. And I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go around Bozeman. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, everybody. I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith who, over recent months, I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If 
you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, watch that video, and in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now, for the first time, they're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now, you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER, and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Question six. Some good questions here. Question six. The topic is hunting. This next great question comes to us via Justin Schmitz. Who sells the legendary A5 shotgun? Oh, my God. It's my dream gun. Mm. Hmm. Who sells the legendary A5 shotgun? Randall and Hunter and Seth are all confident. Cal and Yanni are joining them. Is it? So you're looking for like manufacturer or retailer? (laughs) Bass Pro. I've actually sold one of these. (laughs) (laughs) You can catch me on a technicality there, Randall, if you wrote down your own name. Just glad Steve wasn't here for that. Hmm. Now, Yanni, why do you prefer hand at the 12 o'clock when backing up a boat? Because you look like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's more comfortable. Here's the question again. Who sells the legendary A5 shotgun? Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth and Cal. What's that say, Cal? Browning. Cal saying Browning. Seth saying Browning. Ooh, Hunter saying Browning. Maddie saying Reddington. Giannis did lose Mackenzie saying Weatherby. Giannis saying Beretta. Randall saying Browning. The correct answer is Browning. Yanni oh, lost his you, perfect game. The A5, which is short for Auto 5, was the first mass-produced semi-auto shotgun in the world. It was designed by John Browning in 1898 patented in 1900 and produced continually until 1998. It's known for its distinctive high rear end, which earned it the nickname humpback. Question seven. The topic is cooking. You sold one, Randall? Yeah. Damn. And then what? 
Shouldn't have done that. Profited. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't then buy a new one. Went buy, straight buy to the a bank. wedding ring. I'm talking to the uh, guy who can't use PayPal or Venmo for selling yeah. too many guns on the internet. Question, <laughs> question seven. The topic is cooking. What real life restaurant chain was created by Forrest Gump after he bought a fishing boat? What real life restaurant chain was created by Forrest Gump after he bought a ship after he bought a fishing boat? I could give you a hint that you probably know. The room seems pretty confident. Minus Mackenzie, maybe. Maddie, do you have this one right? I, I don't think so. Okay. I, my I can see luck is dwindling. <laughs> I can see the billboard for it in mm. my head. Have you seen the movie? Oh, yeah. Has everyone seen the movie? Okay. Mm-hmm. One of my yeah, favorites. Yeah. Great. What real-life restaurant chain was created by Forrest Gump after he bought a fishing boat? Is everybody ready? No. I'm just making something up. The old Browning A5. We used to have competition. Not really competitions, but <clears throat> amongst a bunch of fishing guides, uh, if you couldn't back a trailer up very well, then... Uh, you're poked at a lot. And I remember some of the younger guys or senior guys that couldn't back trailers up. They would get, yeah. they would get sensitive about it. Mm. Did you experience that too, Cal? Oh, it it screws everything up. Like it's the hallmark of being a professional at the river access. That's site. true. It's a guide's four hundred one k. I mean, you don't mm. really have much else. <laughs> you don't. You don't. And yeah, I've seen some disasters at the boat. Right? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Is everybody ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Cal saying Bubba Gump. Hunter saying Bubba Gump. Maddie saying Popeyes. Mackenzie saying Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Giannis going for extra credit and there. Randall saying Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. They got it. The correct answer is Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Do you have to say Shrimp Company? Yeah, we'll give it to you if you just said Bubba Gump. In shrimp the 1994 movie... Forrest buys a shrimping boat with the earnings he made while playing ping pong. He makes Lieutenant Dan his first mate, and their business, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, takes off after being the only boat to survive Hurricane Carmen. According to Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, they're the only casual restaurant chain in the world that's based on a motion picture property. Today, there are 34 Bubba Gump Shrimp Companies in eight countries. Because I don't want to know... If you started it, if the food's good, right? <laughs> it's like because Forrest Gump. Oh, has anyone ever eaten one? I never. Yeah, there, it's there's a it's one of the only crappy. It's one of many crappy food options in the uh, airport in um, Cancun. Oh, so I was going to say that's yeah. where I saw. I literally, it's right at security. They have that. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a room your Horrible. That's your. That'd be the headline. Horrible. Yeah, I'd be like, if you want to throw money away, guys, you're did you get shrimp? You're really killing our odds of getting like a nice gift package from public. <laughs> Maybe we're increasing them. <laughs> they have beer. Question eight. The topic is woodsmanship. This next great question comes to us via Charlie McDonald. If you were to mate a the three sides <laughs> of the fire triangle are heat, <gasps> oh. fuel, and blank. The three sides of the fire triangle are heat, fuel, and blank. Our room is very confident. This may be the 100%er of this game. Okay. (laughs) 
Maddie recoiled a little bit when I said that. Now, uh, Randall, before the reason I phrased it as selling the shotgun, which, uh, as you pointed out, is probably incorrect, is because for a while someone else made it for them, I believe. Oh. I think it was, what is it, the Remington Model 11? Oh, it's I was going to say, you better same. not say Beretta. It's, it's the exact same, so that's why. I don't remember who it was, but someone else was making it for Browning for a bit. Real pro move there. Well, nicely done. No, then, then you. No, you, you, you've pulled the wool over my eyes. Is everybody ready? Hey, I think so. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying humidity, Cal saying air, Hunter saying oxygen, wow, Maddie oxygen. saying oxygen. I had changed mine from oxygen. Mackenzie, Giannis, and Randall all saying oxygen. The correct answer is oxygen or air. The fire triangle is meant to illustrate what the three mandatory ingredients are to create fire. The fire triangle is a term that's used by organizations like the National Park Service, U.S. Forest Service, and National Fire Protection Association. But some groups have the fire tetrahedron, tetrahedron instead, which adds combustion or chemical reaction as the fourth element. Cal, the guy who got to go be an undercover fireman... Couldn't come up with the third side of the fire What do you mean? Triangle. I said air. Or the guy who oh, I'm sorry. fought Some, forest oh, fires. Seth, <laughs> Seth, <laughs> Seth, the guy who was uh, fought forest fires, said humidity. That's next level. You're going for the five-sided. We just tried to put them out. You know, we weren't trying to, <laughs> we weren't trying to get, them, get them going. Phil, we have two questions left. Give us a scoreboard I'm update. Uh, well, this is exciting. I don't know how it works. The I only, just steer it, boss. <laughs> The only player who's not left in the running is Maddie, but we have... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's not exciting for you. We have Mackenzie and Cal have five points. Seth and Randall and Hunter all have six, and Giannis is in first place with seven points. This is a personal record. Question nine. Well, did you only you only slipped up on the browning so far? So far. And how close were you to putting browning there, Yanni? Not close at all. Question <laughs> nine. Man of conviction. Six letters. Right <laughs> <laughs> the topic is conservation. This invasive mollusk with zigzagged stripes was oh. discovered in the United States in 1988. Name its cousin. The room is pretty confident. Topic is conservation. This invasive mollusk with zigzagged stripes was discovered in the United States in 1988. Without giving any hints, Seth, have you ever come across one of these? Uh, I think I have. Maybe. Okay. Anyone else encounter exactly. one of these? Mm -mm. Is everybody ready? I was fishing uh, on the Great Lakes. One of the Great Lakes. Uh, mm -hmm. And you'd snag clusters. Mm. Oh, okay. I All think I'm right. Go ahead and <laughs> oh, Hunter Spencer, are you ready? Good. Go ahead and reveal your answer. We have Seth saying zebra muscle, Cal saying zebra. Hunter, was that going to be a Z or was that a question mark? I wish mark? it was. <laughs> <laughs> a question mark. You should have just said yes. Maddie and Mackenzie and Giannis and Randall saying zebra muscle. They got it. The correct answer is zebra muscles. Zebra mussels most likely arrived here in the ballast water of what was discharged into the Great Lakes from European ships. They have quickly become one of the worst invaders in the country. The biggest problems they cause are outcompeting native mussels and clogging up water intakes for power plants and irrigation. Question 10, nothing from the leaderboard changed. Did it, Phil? Correct. Well, uh, well Hunter... Yeah, Hunter is no out. longer in the running. We've got Giannis, Randall, 
and Seth left in. Giannis has eight, Randall and Seth have seven. Question 10. The topic is woodsmanship. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Brendan Compton for sending this great question. Brendan is going to get a board game signed by the Mead Eater crew. If you want to win our listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeadeater.com. This tree with a color in its name is the most widely distributed conifer in the eastern United States. This is according to the USDA. This is a statement they made. This tree with a color in its name is the most widely distributed conifer in the eastern United States. Yanni looks satisfied with his answer. Yanni, is this going to pull you away from the competition? Um, I have an answer written down. I am now going to try to think of other conifers with okay. colors in their name. Okay. Seth, do you know this one? Uh, I'm torn between two. Okay. But I went, I, went, I, went, I went with my gut. Uh. We are down to Yanni and Randall and is it Seth? Seth, are you the other player left? Yeah. We would need Yanni to get this wrong and Randall and Seth to get this right to go to overtime. Here's the question again. This tree with a color in its name is the most widely distributed conifer in the eastern United States. Evergreen. This was a statement made by the USDA. <laughs> Is everybody ready? No. It doesn't matter for me, though. Are you going for a personal best, Mackenzie? Right. If you want yeah, it, I if am. You I mean, come I've up. already hit it, oh, but okay. I can, like, really <laughs> yeah. blow it out of the water. Set the bar oh, high. Yeah. I won't change mine. I <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Yanni just revealed his answer to Randall, and Randall said, Hmm. Well, we have different answers. Okay, that's good drama. Element. Let me see what you got. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Seth saying white pine. That's Kel saying blue spruce. Hunter saying white oak. Maddie saying blue spruce. Mackenzie without an answer. Giannis saying white pine. Randall saying blue spruce. The correct answer is red cedar. Nobody got it right. Red cedar or red juniper. You could say either one. Nobody got it right, and Yanni is our winner. Thanks. I hate to win on a loss, but yeah. (laughs) This is according to the USDA. The range of the red cedar has considerably extended, especially into the Great Plains. It has the ability to grow under extreme conditions in a variety of soils and can quickly Hmm. take over an area. Their numbers were historically controlled by fire, but due to a lack of burns, they've been one of the most abundant trees on the continent. A red cedar. I hate those things. Are they salt cedar too? Is it the same or not the same? There's something weird with like cedars aren't native to North America. So this is technically a red juniper. It's native to the continent, but everyone just calls it a red cedar. Got it. Mm. Cool. People people use them for whitetail habitat. Mm. You're asking? Mm, No, people try to eliminate them most times. Well, at least where I'm from in South Dakota, they can like really take over a pasture. Um, so there's, folks will do their best to get rid of them. There's, uh, I know some folks that have used them for like thermal cover and stuff mm-hmm. for whitetails. They create good cover, but almost too good of cover sometimes. Yeah. And they're that's, groundwater that's the uh, sinks oh, too, yeah, or straws or whatever you they call them. They, they suck like up too much water. water. What do they look like? A juniper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, like, uh, I think a lot of them end up being more shrubby than like Okay. They're not like tall. 
Yanni, do you have they, any red cedars in tall. Wisconsin? Are you familiar with the sequoia? No, we do not. Yes. You're making me feel like I'm really far behind on all these tree questions. We have a lot of white pine. A lot of white pine. Yanni, you get to choose where the $500 donations from Meat Eater goes. What's it going to be? I'm going to uh, stick with the one I uh, voted for last time, which is the Coloradans for Responsible Wildlife Management, who are spearheading the fight against Colorado Ballot Initiative 91, I believe, um, which is the uh, they're going to try to ban trophy hunting. Um, and they're... Uh, they're sort of trying to decide how they're going to define trophy hunting right now. So I urge everybody to kick down some cash uh, to uh, Colorado, Coloradans for responsible wildlife management because uh, they need all that they can get. We heard that the opposition has a million bucks per month to mm. spend over the next year to uh, pass it in their favor. Well, somebody needs to get proactive in that state and just come up with a bill that makes ballot box biology illegal. Yes, I yeah. believe that that's being discussed. And a lot of reasons not to like it, but Yanni, you personally said uh, it hit home because of the mountain lion hunting aspect of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it that it does there, and I, spent, I lived for a long time in Colorado, so it hits home uh, on that aspect as well. But uh, I think that uh, if it if you're a hunter and it doesn't hit home, I think that you're uh, you're being fooled. Because we recently heard that another state official down there said, asked, well, if we're going to outlaw the mountain lion and bobcat hunting, and they've included lynx as well, why are we still going to allow the trophy hunting of uh, black bears and bighorn sheep? So you see how easy it would be to just start lumping any sort of animal that you like to put on your wall, Randall, into this and then losing more hunting rights. Or in your freezer in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's Randall's meat is in your garage in your freezer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't have room for two freezers. At and the, yeah, I don't. Place. I don't get to enjoy the fuzzy parts. Just, uh, <laughs> just just the freezer taking up space in my garage. Well done, Yanni. Five hundred dollars going their way. Join us next time for more <laughs> meat eater trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized job site or out in the field go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping go to decked.com slash meat eater get yourself some free shipping